Welcome to an episode of Hogging the Mic. We are here to do our season review as there is no game this weekend. We will not be playing a game. Um, Saul, how's it going uh, on your free weekend? Uh, It's good. That's right. We are not playing a team and we are not facing anyone. We are just coasting into the offseason. Which is why we're going to take this episode to talk about how it is both of our birthdays. Um, Saul, happy birthday. Hey, uh, 30 thank you. Looks I am good 30. You. Thank you so much. I'm 30. I'm officially washed. I have entered the wash phase of my life, and that is okay. I am accepting it. I am facing it head on, just like my therapist told me to, and I'm feeling good. I will be turning 25, so we have hit the midway point of our 20s, noticing some receding hairlines and some gray hairs, so... We love to see that. Folks, we are just kidding. Unfortunately, we have to play the Alabama Crimson Tide this weekend. And I don't know that either of us are feeling great about this one. I don't feel my best. Uh, We're not kidding about our birthdays. Those are real. Uh, That's That's not a joke. (laughs) That's a real thing. Please continue to celebrate them as you were. Uh, That said... uh, I would like to point out to any listeners that Houston Nut is now on Cameo. So if if you want to send... If you want to celebrate us, please send me a a Cameo of Houston Nut saying uh, that I need some heppin. Because that could... (laughs) That could be a nice birthday gift to me. But yes, we unfortunately are playing the Alabama Crimson Tide, the number one team in the country, this coming Saturday, bright and early 11 a.m. kickoff, a nice brunch time beatdown coming for the Hogs, unfortunately. I don't want to say that the Hogs can't win this game. I'm not, it's not in me. We're an Arkansas podcast, for crying out loud. There is always <laughs> a better chance that the Hogs can pull off a miracle. That said, let's kind of face reality about what we're going up against in this Alabama team. They are so dang good. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be your glass of cold water to kind of bring you back to reality because they're good. Uh, To summarize, the tied offense is good. I have actually avoided looking at these numbers for most of the year because of how scared I am. While I'm reading these stats, I want you to consider that this is a nine-game season so far with a maximum of ten games in the regular season. So we're not seeing them put up these numbers against cupcakes. We're not seeing them put this up against FCS Northwest or something in NCAA 14. We are seeing them put this up against an SEC-only schedule. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, and uh, you can, I mean, if fear, if like a little bit of fear starts creeping into your bones, that's normal. We get it. You can pause this podcast and take a couple of deep breaths. (laughs) Passing. Mac Jones has filled in better than I think anyone imagined after Tua went to the NFL. He is completing 75.7% of his passes. Averaging 12.2 yards per pass for 3,113 yards, 27 touchdowns, and three interceptions. (laughs) Rushing. Najee Harris, younger brother of former Alabama running back Damian Harris, has 169 carries, nice, for 1,038 yards for 6.1 yards per carry. And hold your breath. 20 touchdowns. Hmm. (laughs) Receiving. 
Devontae Smith has 80 catches for 1,305 yards, 15 touchdowns for 16.3 yards per catch. John Mechie, the third, has 35 catches for 648 yards, six touchdowns with 18.5 yards per catch. And let's not forget that Najee Harris likes to catch the ball, too. He has 26 catches for 247 yards, no touchdowns, but gets 9.5 yards per catch. All of this is without Jalen Waddell, <laughs> arguably the best receiver in this draft class who was <laughs> injured earlier this year. On defense. <laughs> I, maybe like you, thought that Bama looked a little shaky by Bama standards at the beginning of this year. I felt like they had kind of an awful showing against Ole Miss and even to a degree Georgia. They gave up 48 points to Ole Miss, who we thumped, by the way, and gave up 24 to Georgia, which ends up looking a little better. But since that game, since the Georgia game, they have only given up 50 points through five games, while their offense has scored 249 points. That seems good. Saul, we have a better turnover margin than they do. Oh, let's Theirs go. is plus six and ours is plus eight, so I yes. guess suck at Nick Saban. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm staring down at this team right, and thinking, last year we saw LSU with Joe Burrow as one of the best teams of all time. How do you look at this Alabama team and think, this is not one of the best teams of all time? What I'm saying is, like, I I don't want to say that I'm going to sit here and just fawn over Alabama, because I'm not going to do that. But we have to realistically look at how good they are, and they're very good. Mac Jones throws maybe one of the prettiest passes I've I've seen. Like, just the ball comes out of his hand. It's a spiral every time. He puts it exactly where he, like, with the old saying of, like, you couldn't walk it up to someone better. And that's true with most of the passes that Mac Jones throw. He passes the eye test as a quarterback. Uh, in contention for Heisman, as he said earlier, my man's got a crazy 75.7 completion percentage on the season, averaging over 12 yards per pass. So, I mean, this offensively speaking, I think hands down is one of the best teams of all time. I mean, just look look at what they're able to do, and they're able to do kind of whatever they want. I mean, we're used to Alabama having a world-class running back. It's just kind of what they do. They recruit, they get the best recruits. They're able to bring in guys like that every year, year after year. That's just not a surprise. Recently, though, they've decided that they want to start bringing in world beaters on the receiver end of the ball, end of the spectrum here as well. And I mean, it's just getting to the point where, I mean, like you said, this team doesn't have Jalen Waddle, who is not only their best receiver, probably the best receiver in this draft class. Devonta Smith has exploded onto the scene. John Menchie the third has been incredible. He's a burner for them. And it just feels like their next man up is the best player in the country at every position, uh, which is just insane. And that's, you know, to be said, like we said, this is not the best defense that Alabama has ever had. Um, they've looked a little shaky, but they found their footing in these last few games and Outscoring people 249 to 50, I mean, you you outscored them by 199 points. Absolutely incredible stuff. That's modern defense. <laughs> I mean, that is insane. Like, that is just nuts. So, I mean, everything that they do, they do well. They're a well-oiled machine. They have the guys to do whatever they want with the ball. Najee Harris looks insane out there running, I mean, 1,038 yards, averaging six yards a carry, 20 touchdowns in nine games. 
averaging over two touchdowns a game. That is nuts. I mean, again, I'm not trying to, this isn't turning into a Crimson Tide podcast, we promise you, but like, you just kind of have to stand back in awe of what this offense has been able to do in a shortened season. They've been able to just put up points at a hell of a clip. They've been able to defend guys, uh, especially coming later, to avoid having other teams put points up on them, and it's just, you just it doesn't seem to be a – I mean, even their kicker is pretty good this year. Normally you can point to be like, hey, they can't <laughs> kick a field goal, but that's not happening this year. They're making field goals. It's just like, oh, well, that's the one thing we had. Now what? No, it's been unbelievable to kind of watch just this Death Star roll out and just obliterate everybody that they face. I honestly think that they're probably 20 points better than anybody in the country, and that's including Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State, whoever you want to name. I think that Alabama's 20 points better. I hope to eat, you know, crow on that because that would mean that they lost, and, you know, we always think that's funny. But, man, I don't know. After we played Florida, I thought Florida might stand a chance at beating them, but after just the couple of weeks that they've had to build their resume and Mac Jones is kind of solidifying himself for me as a Heisman front runner. I think he might have it for me over Trask. If I was a voter, I don't know if that's going to piss off every Florida fan who listens to this podcast. Yeah. We got a huge but, Florida contingency that you're making mad. Um, but, but uh, I agree. I think no, that's right. I think it's almost like Nick Saban took LSU's performance last year personally. And, decided okay you're gonna roll out one of the best teams ever mine will be better yeah <laughs> and they might be <laughs> yeah i mean it's if you were to put this year's alabama team versus last year's lsu team I, you're looking at a very good game and joe joe burrow and that lsu offense were able to do insane things last year and put up insane numbers insane stats but i mean that's what alabama is doing uh this year um, I mean, and in a shortened season, no less. I mean, these are numbers that you would be impressed with over a normal 12-game season, you know, and or a normal 13-game season, whatever they would play. And instead, they've they've done it. They've done this in nine games, and they have to go against us, who, you know, are not at our peak right now, coming off a couple tough losses and a defense that is banged up, and they just got obliterated to the tune of over 600 yards by the Missouri Tigers. Um, so not feeling great about that to say the least coming into what we might be able to do to slow this death star down. Because like you said, it is just a little bit of a world beater right now. And like we're an Arkansas pod and I love the hogs. I love this season. I love Sam Pittman, but we got to call a spade a spade and say, we're probably not coming out of this one with a dub. No, this was the one game that I felt like from the beginning you could write off as a loss. And unfortunately, we're catching them at the time where, at least for committee purposes, they're going to want to impress any playoff committees. So um, unfortunately, we may be victimized by that. But let's, you know, talk about what Arkansas can do in this game. I think the biggest question coming into this game is who should play quarterback? Yes. This is not meant to start any controversy that's not there. And I'll explain kind of what I'm thinking. Felipe Franks came in this year and was a godsend. Absolute, just wonderful quarterback for us in a season where we badly needed some veteran leadership to kind of take the reins and lead us, you know, 
to a better place. And I think he's done that. I think he's come in. I think he's been everything we needed him to be. And I think he's been great. With that said, at this point, I'm not sure what he has left to prove. I think if his aspiration is the NFL, he's got enough game tape. Unless he wants a send-off or he wants to play against Alabama, I think I might start KJ just so Felipe can go get healthy and go get drafted. Yeah, and I think you can take a look and kind of what you're working with next year by throwing KJ, give him the week to prepare, have him face a the best team in the country, and just see what he can do because that's what he's going to be up against next year anyway. That's We're going to be facing this, these same teams next year, um, you know, hopefully with a cushion of some non-conference games thrown in there and without all the crazy COVID stuff. But this is what he's going to be facing next year, and I think that this is not necessarily an audition. It seems pretty clear-cut that he's probably going to be your guy next year. So give him a shot to play some real SEC football and give him a chance to flash what he can or can't do and see what he'll need to work on moving into next season and kind of get a picture of what your 2021 team will look like because, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this season is done. We're not going to go to a bowl. I mean, there's... Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) You know, I mean, with all the bowls getting canceled anyway, who knows how many bowls will even be around. So I don't think that this is like a... We don't need to fight for pride. I mean, we're playing for pride as as far as whatever, but I think it's also a chance to play to see what kind of team you're going to have next year because, like we said on the... Looking at the Missouri recap, like... KJ and Mike Woods and Traylon Burks and Traylon Smith, they're all going to be back next year, and you want to see what they can play together with against a really good team. So I think this is a good chance to kind of see a little look into the crystal ball of what's going to be happening on the Arkansas Razorback football squad for 2021. And this is not meant to be any kind of dig at Felipe Franks, no, by the way. We love I am guy. sure that his competitive spirit will make it to where he's asking to start. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think if you want to win this game, you start Felipe. But just for the intents and purposes of him getting drafted and of seeing what we've got, I think there's at least an argument to make that KJ should start simply because I don't know what coming in and getting sacked 10 times by Alabama does to boost Felipe's draft stock. Especially with an injury and, like something to ribs. That's a, you're going to be taking hits to your ribs all game. If And if that's still the case like i don't want to put whatever future felipe franks might have in football in jeopardy because we wanted to you know trot him out against alabama i mean i think he's earned the start if he's like hey i want to play this game let me start i feel good i think he's earned that i think he's earned that this season and i'm not going to begrudge anyone who decides to trot him out and start him because i think he's capable and has played well and like you said i think he straight up gives us the best chance to win but I also understand that, hey, this is – you're not going to be around next season. This isn't the football team we will have if you start. Like, we need to, like, maybe get our guy KJ some reps. So I think I think no matter who starts, I don't think I'll be disappointed. I think it just makes the most sense from a program standpoint to start KJ Jefferson. I agree. And who knows? I feel like Sam Pittman sticks by his guys enough that we'll probably see Felipe if he's healthy – and good for him. You know, I, I don't begrudge him at all for wanting to play because, you know, the, the NFL is no guarantee. So this theoretically could be your last game of football um, outside of trying in Canada or in arena or something. But, you know, we'll we'll see. And I think we're in good hands either way. I just wish that Felipe kind of got a better game for a siren send off because he deserves some kind of praise because of what he's been to this team. Yeah, I agree. It, it's it's a bummer that 
because of COVID, we have to readjust and that Alabama wasn't last week and Missouri this week. It would be fun to have him go out with, you know, a shot to win. But yeah, he's, we, like, we have fallen in love with Felipe Franks on this podcast, at least uh, over the season. Yeah, he's played well. He's played consistently good football. He's been a steadying presence under center, which is not something that Arkansas has experienced over the last three or four years. Um, and it's been nice to have him just under center each game playing his game. And, you know, it wasn't perfect by any means. There's some stuff he could work on for sure. But, man, was it an upgrade over the last two seasons. And to have someone just consistently know what they're doing and what kind of game they wanted to play. So we are big Felipe Franks fans on this podcast and don't don't hear otherwise that we're advocating for him not to play. It just – I just think, you know, if you look at what the Hogs – what happened with them this season and where they're going – just it's just something to think about. That said, if he starts, I'm going to enjoy watching him play one more game in an Arkansas uniform. With that said, we don't really have you know any kind of how Arkansas wins this game short of I don't know Bane walking out onto the field. <laughs> but I do think that it's worth examining kind of what the two of us want to see out of this game. What are some things that you want to see in a game against ostensibly the best team in the country? Yeah, I would like to see. Um, I would like to see our defense maybe get a couple picks, uh, a turnover. We haven't had a turnover in a couple games now. Uh, have not been able to force um, an interception. We didn't have anything against Missouri, so I would love to see if we. And, and of course, Mac Jones takes care of the ball. Like that's what we talked about at top. He's not really going to throw an interception, but I would love to see if maybe we can make force him into some throws or into some looks that he's not comfortable in, or maybe force a fumble of some kind. I mean. I would like to see a turnover in this game, and I would like to see um, it come, you know, maybe early in the game just to kind of get that defense back on track and kind of pumped up. Because, I mean, coming off that loss to Missouri and all those yards and points given up, you got to be deflated. So we'd love to see the defense kind of buck up a little bit here. And on the offensive side of the ball, would just like to, um, I think, just, I know it sounds really dumb, but like score some points against this Alabama defense that has really, really solidified over the last back half of the season and has, like we said, allowed, you know, what was it, 10-ish like points a game coming into into this game. So really would like to see us, I don't, I don't move the ball um, and not just be stifled. I would love to just put, not, I don't want a goose egg, I think, at the end of the day. And I think that's possible, um, but I... I, I'm wary of putting any sort of expectation on either side of the ball against against this team. I guess just kind of the same expectation for this game that I had for the Hogs going into the season is like, I would just like to be competitive. And if we aren't competitive, at least see us maybe not quit and keep fighting to put some points on the board, even if we're down big. I agree. I think that all we want to see is fight. And I think that's a great way to kind of phrase it, saying that, we just want to see, you know, some fight because that's all we've wanted this season. I am hoping that we get to see, you know, this is senior day and there are not going to be very many seniors uh, just because of how young we are. And there are some rumors, I guess, of some people coming back. But this will be, you know, kind of the send off for a generation of Arkansas players who have been through a whole hell of a lot. And. I just want to commend each one of them. I am not sure if this will be the case or not, but I would really like to see Rakeem Boyd walk uh, on senior day, even though he has opted out. I really hope that they let him do that. Um, but then other seniors on the board, which again, 
all of these are eligible to come back. It's just a question, I guess, of whether or not they want to. But offensive linemen Ty Cleary and Myron Cunningham uh, have both filled in very admirably this year. TJ Hammonds, my cult leader and son, uh, <laughs> I will miss dearly calling for him to start at every possible uh, juncture. Our quarterback, Jack Lindsay, uh, who holds the legendary fake punt against Mizzou in this year's game, uh, holds that distinction, will be, and one of, it, I guess if you're into trivia, one of, what, eight quarterbacks that started <laughs> under Chad Morris? So, yeah. Um, at least a good trivia answer. Tyson Morris, a wide receiver who's, you know, had a quieter career, but has had some big catches at times. Chibuzi and Juana on the offensive line also going to be headed out. And then our boy who was having a miraculous, uh, season, uh, by his standards, Devion Warren. Uh, there has been some rumor that he is interested in coming back, um, which for him, most of the time I tell guys, go ahead, go to the league. But in his case, I could almost see him benefiting from that. And then, of course, Felipe Franks will be leaving us in the capable hands of K.J. Jefferson. And I would be remiss if I did not give a shout-out to our large football son, Blake Kern. Yeah, always got to give a shout-out to Blake Kern. Um, yeah, I, I would like to see Devin come back. I think, you know, unfortunately, uh, a shortened, already shortened season cut short by injury. Um, unfortunate. And I think, you know, of course, I always want to guard guard your mental and guard your money but i think yeah i think devin coming back could be not only a benefit to him but i think it'd be kind of a, a little boon to the arkansas razorback football team as well to have that sort of experience and athleticism back on your offensive side of the ball is is going to i think only be a positive it's really interesting uh looking at those guys on offense kind of how crucial that they've been this year so let's move to i guess the seniors on defense who I think we'll recognize some more of these names just because they've been kind of standouts this year. Linebacker Dion Edwards, linebacker Hayden Henry of the Henry Dynasty uh, <laughs> will be graduating. Uh, defensive line transfer Xavier Kelly, uh, defensive back Micah Smith, defensive lineman Elias Hale, and defensive lineman Dorian Gerald, who unfortunately has been dealing with a lot of injuries this year, was healthy for the Missouri game, though. Uh and, of course, our boy Grant Morgan, uh, mm. who has actually expressed interest in coming back. And Jonathan Marshall, defensive lineman, who's played incredibly well this year. Those guys have all been part of what was a really special unit this year, uh, despite, you know, kind of the recent punch in the mouth. I think we'll always remember this year as the time that we had a really weirdly good defense um, <laughs> for a couple of games. Yeah. And... Then on special teams, kicker A.J. Reed, punter Sam Loy, and long snapper H.T. Fountain are going to be it that we lose. And really, when you look at it, we are not losing very much in terms of graduation. I This is a very young team, and we kind of knew that. But really, once you kind of list them out like that, it shows you that this is a very young team. And yes, we'll miss these guys. We will miss the experience that they bring. And hopefully some of them come back. I think Sam Pittman has said we'd love to have them back. But obviously they need to make the best decision for them. But considering some of the turnover, because these guys are going to be among the last Bielema guys that he recruited. Yeah. Uh, to have gone through Brett Bielema, to have gone through Chad Morris, to have gone through Barry Lunny as the head coach. 
And now Sam Pittman, I mean, that is a lot of adversity for a young guy to come through. And college is hard enough, you know, when you're trying to figure out kind of who you are and what you want to be, let alone with the one kind of constant that you have in your life, football, always being in turmoil. So I'd really like to, you know, kind of give a shout out to the senior class and say, well done for making it like this far and making it to graduation and going on into whatever the future holds for each of them, because they have already overcome a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. I mean, football is already a churn and a turn, like just a, a, a sprint to a, a finish that is like hard sometimes. And to have, if you're recruited by Brett Milo, you're on your third head coach um, and a very tumultuous coaching uh, turnover with the Chad Morris era as well. So, I mean, college football is already hard enough, and to just deal with that and make it to your senior season and continue to play at a, at a high level and to to buy in again and again, to have to just kind of buy in again every couple of years, like, that's exhausting. And, yeah, it's it's been special to see this group kind of rally and coalesce around this coaching regime, and it's been inspiring. So, yeah, this senior class is a, a, a really special and one that I think the one that means the most to me outside of maybe the – Trey Flowers senior class with Bielema that in that season. So I'm I'm really proud of all of our guys. I mean, I would love if Grant Morgan came back, but, you know, if he doesn't, I get it. And w- we wish everybody that is going on the best in whatever they end up doing. But, you know, like you said, a young team, not a lot of turnover. Uh, we're going to be able to bring back a lot of guys on both sides of the ball. And it's going to be fun to see Pittman and his staff start getting some of their guys in here as freshmen next, next year and start getting some of their guys and their athletes and that sort of stuff. So... Um, we'll start sort of see what they want to do with the guys that they're able to recruit. So, you know, a little bit of a mixed bags of, of feelings of going to miss these guys, but excited to start seeing what Pittman and his coaching staff put together. With that, that's probably going to do it for our preview of the Alabama game. Uh, there's really not much to say other than that. We hope we both teams have fun. And <laughs> Hope we have a good time uh, out there. Yeah, just hope that Senior Day, no matter what the score is, Senior Day should be special for these guys because it is a hell of an accomplishment that they've reached. And I hope that whatever capacity of fans uh, do show up, give each and every one of these seniors just a huge round of applause because it's been a heck of a career for them. And so I think that they'll hold a special place in all of our hearts and everybody who appreciates what they've been through and what they've been able to accomplish. And I think that they should be remembered as kind of the transition class that hopefully started the Arkansas turnaround. Yeah. With that said, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at Tucker Partridge and him at Saul Malone. If you want to read a little more about Arkansas football, Arkansas basketball, we're going to be getting into big basketball coverage. Uh, you can read Pigtails. That's my newsletter, uh, pigtails.substack.com. Saul, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no plug. Just want to say thanks for listening. And, uh, while I'm sad that we are going out of football season, a lot to look forward to on both, uh, women's and men's basketball and, you know, baseball will be right around the corner. So, you know, as always kind of this fun transition period of looking ahead to other hog athletics. So thanks for sticking around and, uh, we'll be sure to bring you some more good hog coverage moving forward. Folks go hogs. Big.